0: By the power of God thrust in the head of Satan and with him those evil spirits who prowl about the world through the rule of souls. Amen.
1: say this with all sincerity, California, please, for the love of God, keep your goddamn fucking rain in California. (laughs) Colorado's seeing too much snow from your bullshit and we don't want it. We don't, we probably need it, but we don't want it.
2: This is some crazy ass snow.
1: It's ridiculous, dude.
2: I mean, I think we're, we're already past half or three fourths more than we had last year already. Within
1: like three weeks.
2: Yeah, this is.
1: You know, this would be a different story. I'd be like, Yes, please, snow. Yeah. If I didn't have to wake up every goddamn morning and look out my window I to a five foot snow drift.
2: I, I see when it snows, I'm I celebrate it. I'm like, this is great. This is great for our rivers. This is great for our lakes. But then I think about you. And then I think about Adrian. And I'm sad. Yes. I'm sad.
1: I literally have gotten so much snow at my house that I have barricaded my yard with walls <laughs> of snow. Like literally I I've done this to be petty. I will be honest. I am a petty motherfucker. I built walls so that way people with their dogs can't walk in my my yard and pee in my yard. Wow. Is is that Wow. Uh, am I already a grumpy old yeah. homeowner?
2: You, yes. have yes. Taking it too far. Not
1: only that, I'm so pissed it hasn't even off. It's been a year. I know. It's been fucking like what? 7 months. Yeah. Yes. I'm already so pissed off that people keep parking in front of my house that I piled a giant ass pile of snow right in front of my house. Like fuck you.
2: you know that is public property, you know. You can't you can't
1: determine that. At public property, come fucking plow it. They don't plow it, so fuck you.
2: <laughs> so he, he exactly. controls the drifts.
1: Yep. Until someone comes and plows that shit, then I will respect <laughs> that property. But for now, I have to sacrifice my car, and I have to sacrifice their fucking car just so I can put my goddamn trash out. I can't out. believe you even got the Jetta here. This is, it's insane. Oh, dude, that thing is a,
2: a beast. That thing is a hop, skip, that... and a wave from blowing up. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I just that, can't believe it does. The Jetta doesn't...
0: came with a foot and a half of snow on the ground.
1: Yes.
2: I can't believe it can, it can track through the snow that well.
1: Dude, I don't. something about it, man. It's Front and drive, baby. You know what it is? It's because it's knockoff Audi. that's why i'm I'm driving in fake luxury baby
2: should have bought american bitch i should have
1: because it's expensive as fuck to repair i didn't realize that shit i was like oh it's a fucking jetta it's a chick car no it's all right it's all right no it's a beast that costs a lot of fucking money (laughs) Jesus Christ! (laughs) welcome back purgators to stuck in this purgatory i'm chase i like to drive jettas i'm not a female joining me in purgatory is hunter
2: uh hi i'm a panda
1: He's a panda. I did
2: not yeah. know this. This Sorry, is news this to me. This is news to you guys.
1: And Adrian.
0: Brian Kohlberger is the stupidest
1: we are, uh,
0: serial killer We are
1: ever. not bringing this guy up. I'm not putting oh, any what? more press on this he, guy.
0: He He's studied for years on how to do the perfect murder, and he gets caught. He <laughs> literally <laughs> is.
1: He's literally taught by the teacher that was BTK's teacher. Oh, wow. Uh, if you guys don't know about this fucking douchebag, he's the one who who killed those four college students. And I I know how
2: how how much time what were you guys doing during snow shift? How much audio and weird shit did you listen to, bro?
1: I literally, Oh, my god, I literally got caught up on la- on our podcast that we like to listen
2: to. Yes, the the the, the other homies. Shout out to the other homies. Yes,
1: the the one that we listened to. Yeah, I literally, I would say in the last. Five snow shifts on average. They're about ten hours, so fifty hours of podcasting wow. that I listen to.
2: Straight podcasting, straight podcast, straight to the veins. Oh yeah! Wow.
1: Yeah, there's so much information flowing in my brain right now that it's just background noise. It's, it's like great. static. It's
2: fucking great, Adrian. What'd you do with your uh, snow plow time?
0: I listened to the Trouble Teen Kids, and let me tell you how fucked up of a situation this is. There is parents paying $100,000 a year, first to get their kids kidnapped in the middle of the night, send them to a school that's supposed to make
1: them more obedient. To conform to society.
2: Conversion camp. What? Seriously. <laughs> Jesus God. Christ. Seriously. And Literally,
0: they're just beating them, raping them, and the, the supervisors are switching off on which kid they want to have sex with on oh, that day God. because they get fucking bored with one kid and go to the next one, and uh these people are dying in there and the leader's just like well you gotta you gotta let a couple bad ones go so you can get the good ones through. Oh what, well
1: what I what I really like is we've and done it's a, still
0: happening to this day.
1: We've done a very good job of not naming our favorite podcast. And he basically was just like here it is, here's the one we listen to yep. right here. There it is. The cat's out of the bag.
2: <laughs> Adrian <laughs> I love you buddy no, ha-
0: it is I fucked know. up.
2: It is fucked up. I'll get on my soapbox. I can't believe the way we treat children now. When did, it used to be, children used to be sacred. Now it's like there are fucking. They're like, you haven't played uh, the new uh, Rick and Morty game yet. You haven't no, played High on Life. No, not yet. Well, I'll give you, this is no spoiler, but in the very first two minutes, they they kidnap all of Earth to shoot up uh, them as, as heroin. Humans become heroin to aliens, <laughs> and I feel like for the elite. Fucking kids are their heroin now. they like just oh shooting God. them straight up, dude. Fucking leave the kids alone, you fucking degenerates.
1: Well, if you don't do anything else, if you don't listen to any of the other episodes of that podcast, go listen to the brand new ones that are coming out.
2: They're good? It is good. I'm very behind.
1: It um, it makes you realize how quickly this whole society is fucked up behind a giant veil of lies Yeah. and charades.
2: Yeah. And now I heard like some weird info that Basically, the truth is no longer uh, shocking. Thus, we have no reason to do anything about it because it's just accepted now.
1: Yeah, it, it, it truly is like it's shit that goes on to this day. Like so there are certain states that it's still legal for people to send their kids, their unruly kids, to this, which is like
0: there's forty nine There's forty nine states that it's completely legal
1: to are we let one let of them?
0: your kid get kidnapped.
1: Colorado is one of them. The only one, and this was a year ago.
2: Let me wait, wait. Let me guess. One state.
1: One state. Let me guess. A year ago. It's gonna
2: be something off the wall, right? It's gonna yep. be something that you wouldn't expect. It'd be a degenerate state that isn't that doesn't allow. It's Alabama,
1: Oregon. Fuck.
2: <laughs> Oregon's a horrible place. Portland. Uh, have you ever watched Portlandia? That is a troubled town. No,
1: I. I have Oh not. my god! Wow. I, Oregon I stayed far away from that. I really, well, I truly do not like Oregon. <laughs> props to you guys.
0: Be, before we start our episode. Just one one little fat or one little thing from KFA. If uh, you don't want kids, how about you just put a condom on? Mm.
2: Just get snipped. How hard is? It? Don't even do the condom. Just get snipped. I was just having this this conversation with my hairdresser. It's like, what the fuck? How hard? How you kids are? How you just pumping out kids? I've tried. My wife and I have tried, and into no success.
1: Have you seen the one dude on Instagram? I'm sure it's it's somewhat fake because it's Instagram, but yeah. he was like. Man decides to finally get snipped after having 19 children because it's uh, oh, yeah. the economy is too yeah. too much these days. <laughs> yeah, the economy is uh, not good. You
0: really, really went low on that. Yeah, I think it was he more had like 52. Oh, uh,
1: 192? <laughs> yes, how do you know this offhand, off cuff?
0: <laughs> because I, 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 I see it on Instagram all the time. I'm pretty you're sure just, it I is around a lot. My page and I can see it again. I'm pretty oh, sure you're
2: right, God. Adrian. I didn't think it was that many, I thought it was like 52 or some shit. Hey, maybe people just have strong swimmers. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if I believe in that. Like that's that, that's the case. It's uh, pull and pray, my guys. You, push and pray. You as Dane Cook would say, push and pray.
1: If anything, congrats, dude. <laughs> like you can pull that much puss. Congrats.
2: And you're and and you and if you convince enough of these girls to go without a rubber. God damn it. Well, good for you. You know, if you if you don't care about syphilis, neither do I. All right. Good for you. I uh, want yucky yums. I still care about safe Oh, okay. He, Chase still cares. Uh, public service nou- announcement.
1: What, Adrian?
0: He's <laughs> <laughs> just say, so shocked I, by what we at, said. At least he can still support the kids.
2: That's true. What does this man do?
0: Uh, no clue. He lives in Africa. Yeah, so. I was going to say
1: he lives in the jungle. So <laughs> he probably... Blood diamonds. <laughs> Blood diamonds.
0: <laughs> I was watching myself there.
1: Wakanda forever. <laughs> hey. I'm just speaking facts. It's Mabutu. Not, there's nothing else to do with that but facts.
2: What did they say in Resident Evil when they always is it Mabutu?
1: Mabutu. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> speaking of Mabutu, we are gonna go back to Africa on our superstitions uh handbook here. We're gonna be talking about the I'm gonna butcher this, but it's the Beloko from Buc- Zyri, I'm assuming. Cool. Uh the Beloko are devious, doorvish spirits of the rainforest. Resentful ancestor entities that envy the living. They dwell in hollow trees and zealously guard the creatures of the forest from hunters foolish enough to enter. Boloko are bald creatures with razor-like claws and gnashing teeth in a jaw that can open wide enough to swallow an entire human being whole. They also have the power to hypnotize their prey before devouring them. I think I've seen pictures of this, dude.
2: Hey, look at these titties. Uh, you look, they look pretty good, right?
1: Spe- no, seriously. Speaking of the fucking, those oh, rat men ser- that we talked about last time. <laughs> you were serious? Like, okay. Yes,
2: listening. Yeah, that's like legit. Oh, like that's what you think these creatures kind of look like? I'm look- Dude, I'm telling you. You've, you've seen this picture before. Okay, hold on. The hold loco.
1: The loco. Adrian, you're going to have to do this on your own because, you know.
2: All that popped up was a cat food from
1: Walmart. You're a bitch.
2: How do you spell it? How do you spell it, Chase?
1: B I L O K O. See? Right here. Fucking rat man. From
0: goddamn. Oh my Diablo. god, you're
2: fucking right.
1: Yep. Truly. How did I, like,
2: foresee that? It's interesting.
0: But you gotta spell it again, Chase.
2: B I L O K O. How do they swallow a man whole, is my question. Do they, they just, like dislocate a snake? their jaw? Yeah, yeah, like a fucking snick a <sighs> Yeah, look at this one. Oh my one.
0: god, they look like a. Uh... They're like people versions of the coconuts from Maui. <laughs> <laughs> <Or Moana>.
2: Uh <laughs> they're more than that. <laughs>
1: well these are these are neat, right? Well, okay. So the Boloco of Zyri, I'm assuming. Uh, hmm. today's episode, as mentioned, if you were listening to the last one, you know what we're talking about. But we are going to be moving over to the Isle of Man. <sighs>
2: Damn.
1: Yeah, you like that? You like Damn. the intro? Isle of Man, and we're going to be specifically looking at Chazin's Gap. Is it Chazin's or Cashin's? I think it's Cashin's Gap. I think it's Cashin's Gap. Okay. Cashin's. Cashin's Gap.
2: Cash, baby, cash.
1: Yes, and cash, there is money. a particular house full of some people who have um, some an interesting story about a talking mongoose. This story has been so interesting that it has made its way into British paranormal tabloids for years. If you look up this talking mongoose, you will find article after article after article. There's been multiple books written about this guy, and multiple podcasts have covered this. We've liked this topic so much that this time we're doing our take. We're doing our short little sweet
0: story. Let's see what happens.
1: Right? Guys goddamn Tulpas, man. It's
2: fucking Tolpas, baby. Chase loves this topic. I do. This is definitely, you know, every every so often, someone gets a special episode. Adrian gets one. Chase gets one. I get one. So this is the this is Chase's episode, and uh, I'm excited to hear your take on Jeff the Talking Mongoose.
1: Adrian definitely pointed this at me. I'm, I'm I read the notes before I came here, and I was like, wow, he just like directly attacked me. Oh, 100. <laughs> yeah, I see, like right there. I I know it. Uh, the one thing I do want to say is there are different stories. That is what I love about paranormal and human stories. It just differs between everything. Everything is different. There's no direct answer to the actual cause or the issue or whatever the fuck it is. So we're going to go with Adrian's notes today. He got these notes from a very special person that's part of the story. So let's get into it. Let's go. Let's do it. Welcome. I don't don't (laughs) (laughs) think. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it, Jeff, the talking mongoose. <laughs> a quote from Jeff. I am a freak. I have hands and I have feet. And if you saw me, you'd faint. You'd be petrified, mummified, turned into a stone or a pillar of salt. Wow. That's pretty much what happens when you look at me. Jeff's a, <laughs> Jeff's a real aggressive fella. Right? So be ready for more, for plenty more quotes from our favorite cryptid. Now, I will tell you the story about the world's most famous mongoose. One morning in the early 1930s, James Irving of the village of Dalby on the Isle of Man was getting ready to open his daily newspaper when a high-pitched, disembodied voice called out impatiently, Read it out, you fat-headed gnome! <laughs> the voice didn't belong to Irving's wife, Margaret, or his teenage daughter, Valerie the only humans likely to be in the remote farmhouse. But though Irving may have been offended, he wasn't surprised. He knew the voice belonged to a strange creature called Jeff. Jeff. who, my name is Jeff. For some re- some, you <laughs> for some time had been living largely unseen in his family's home. The mysterious creature first showed up in the Irving residence sometime in 1931 and, according to the accounts of James, Margaret, and Valerie, initially lived in the walls and, not yet able to speak, imitated a range of animal noises.
0: Are
1: those a hit? No.
2: Oh. No, I, I just made him up. That's how you envisioned it. <laughs> now we're going to get reports that he's he's doing that around people's houses. Exactly.
1: Quickly, the unseen entity started to pick up human language from the Irvings and, before long, introduced itself to the family. His name, he said, (laughs) was Jeef, pronounced Jeff with a J, although his name is spelled with a G. G G-E-F. He says, specifically, it is spelled with a G, and that he was a mongoose from India. One thing I did not see you put in here, Adrian, is that he does claim he's from India, and he was created in, like, 1835. Over the course of the 1930s, Jeff, the talking magus, became something of a media phenomenon. He appeared in numerous tabloid newspaper stories and was investigated by paranormal researchers. One of the first investigators who the farmer, James Irving, made contact with was Harry Price, the celebrated investigator of the supernatural, and, in addition to spiritualists, psychotherapists, journalists, and local dignitaries. Price and other psychic detectives made the arduous journey up Dolby Mountain to visit Dorlish Cashin, hmm. the lonely farm at the center of these extraordinary claims. This next series of documents is from Harry Price's research. So correct me if I'm wrong, this happens in the U.K., Yes, this is a British story. God, all the, it's the Isle of man. The Brits, man.
2: Yep. We got to go there. Why
0: Why do you think that he could get into the uh into the walls? It's because it's so brittle. So brittle. <laughs> so brittle, <laughs> their goddamn British uh, architecture.
1: I mean, if you if he didn't put it in the notes, I know exactly how he got in the walls and how he made noise, but Oh, we'll say go that ahead. Chase. Go
2: I know, I you I know I, I love how
1: much you guys know on this topic.
2: I, I this is this is a journey. I feel like I'm I'm at Disneyland, I'm riding Fucking that one mountain ride, Splash Mountain.
1: Splash Mountain. Did you know that guy fucking canceled? They took it out. (gasps) Oh, Why? (gasps) Uh, I was too racist. Uh, Splash Mountain. Yeah. Why? What was Uh, racist? It was because it was had to do with like Black History or something like that. I can't remember exactly what it was, unless I'm just completely dreaming this up and had a dream about it. But that's great. I'm pretty sure it got changed.
2: Uh, You're probably right because Disney sucks cock. Research. research. you want (laughs) to?
1: Do we want to get the foul check now, or do you want to wait? He wants no, to get
0: for out. Splash Mountain. Huh? Yes, Splash Mountain is c- closed. Yep. As of, or it closes in four days.
1: <laughs> yeah. Damn. Cancel culture, baby. Jump on it. Jump on it. Uh. So no, the real reason why uh he was able, Jeff was able to get in the house, and why people feel like maybe he wasn't talking, but also why. Everybody could hear his voice in the house is the way the house was built. Um, It wasn't, it was like on the top of a fucking hill in the middle of an island in the UK. And so this house's outside structure was um, stone. Uh And then there was a gap between the stone and the inside wall, which was wood.
2: So they're just whistling So wind?
1: Yeah, well, the whole design concept that I understand about this is the fact that they had this gap in between the the buildings, so that way the air circulation could uh, go around the house to right, keep it warm right. in the harsh weather, but someone in a different room could be talking and it could echo through that gap and in the walls and through. someone could hear it. Oh. So that's why there might be some speculation on actually, whatever. Well, thank but we're you. not talking about speculation. We're yeah. talking about motherfucking Jeff. This the is mongers. the real shit. Yes.
0: If. Yeah. If. Yeah. Yeah.
1: About this period, Mr. Irving had a bright idea. As the animal could make such curious noises, perhaps it could imitate a human being. So the farmer gave imitations of the calls of various creatures, domestic and others, and was astonished to find them accurately produced. Did you hear that? (laughs) That was strange. Did someone ding
2: something? <laughs> no, I it, heard just, something. it was just too loud. <laughs> that was scary. What is it? <laughs> Jeff, we need a Jeff. Are you Jeff? <laughs> Jeff? <laughs> I think he's talking. He's like, "Praise <laughs> be to my name, as I am the conqueror of man." We just have to put
1: more mental power, and he'll produce himself in front of us <laughs> in a few days. I'm still quoting from his original letter to me. We had only to name the particular animal or bird, and instantly, always, without error, it gave the correct call.
2: Which would make sense of that echo theory.
1: Yes.
0: <clears throat>
2: Which is hilarious. If you if you think that path, go down that path for us for a little bit. That's fucking hilarious. That is why this story is
1: so fascinating, because there's so many different fucking ways that people have looked into this to discredit it, or to give it credit. <laughs> it's amazing. It, it's just there's so many different ways. It's, it's wild. Mr. Irving has a daughter, Valerie, who, at the time, my story opens. So, obviously, my is not me. It's Harry Price. He's reading from the voice of another man. Uh, Here's Jeff. Harry Price was about 13 years old. It occurred to Valerie to try the animal with nursery rhymes. Huh. How was that? Was that Great. Pretty-
2: I mean, okay. British, that was better. That was. I'm getting wasn't there. wasn't quite Australian,
1: but yeah. Yes. I'm getting there. All right, whatever, American time. This test was carried out. <laughs> and no trouble was experienced having them repeated. From that day onwards, the talking mongoose became an intimate and valued member of the Irving family.
2: Uh, intimate? Ooh. Why? What?
1: Uh, there might be Will some... that be
2: explained? There might be some correlation
1: with uh, Marguerite. Oh my God. Jeef. The voice is stated to be two octaves higher above the human voice and very clear and distinct. As time went on, it was quite obvious that the animal had been capable of talking, laughing, singing, etc. from the day he took up his abode with the Irvings, and that the animal noises and mimicking were intended as a humorous introductory leg pull. It is not quite clear whether the mongoose said his name was Jeff, but that is what the Irvings called him, and he said he liked it.
2: Oh, so am not 100% sure this man's name is
1: Jeff. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So from this story, not so much. Every other story that I've read, he literally introduces himself as, my name is Jeff, with a, with G. a G.
2: He's very particular about the G. Yes. Okay, all right, all right.
1: From a perch high up in the rafters, this is where he gets intimate.
2: Mm.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I'm aroused.
1: <laughs> from a perch high up in the rafters or from behind a convenient skirting board. Jeff told the farmer a good deal about himself. <laughs> he said he came from India where he had been chased by natives. Apparently, he belongs to the well-known Herpestis mungo Herpestus mungo yeah. family, first cousins of the Inecumons of North Africa. <laughs> ich- Ichnumons? Icnumius? I think it's ich- <laughs> ich- ich- ich-
0: ich- ich- Yeah, Ich-Numons? first
1: cousins of the Ichnumons of North Africa.
2: Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah,
1: Some yeah. poor relations in Europe, or Europe. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, not yeah. yeah.
1: Some, <laughs> shut the fuck up, Adrian. <laughs> God damn it. Some poor yeah. relations in Egypt are known as Pharaoh's rats. I'm gonna start calling you guys
2: Pharaoh's rats. Kinky. That's a very specific insult. Kinky.
1: When Mr. Irving and Jeff became on more intimate terms the latter mentioned the little matter of the shooting etc mr irving explained that he thought jeff was just an ordinary animal out of the fields of course he apologized then they had a good laugh over it and the incident closed <laughs> <laughs> oh silly jeff i'm oh, sorry oh
2: jeff you you're you're a oh, right yeah. tight horsecock oh
1: yeah <laughs> A curious feature of the talking mongoose case is that the creature is seldom seen by Mr. Irving. Very rarely, something dashes along a beam. Or he glimpses the tip of a tail rounding a corner. And that is about all. Oh, wow. That's it. That's it. Nice. That's all. That's Jeff. That's the story. That's it. Oh, we're done.
2: Adrian, uh, episode over. Yeah, tell them how they get in contact with us. That was so funny last episode. That gave me a right tight giggle.
1: (laughs) On the other hand... His wife and daughter have often seen him face-to-face, and Valerie has even attempted to photograph him. Once Jeff posed on the wall for her, but just as she was about to press the button, he darted off and was not heard for days. Jeff explained that he is afraid of being caught, not by the camera, but by a trap. Hence, his timidity. I don't Timidity doesn't seem right. Hence, his timidus. That sounds even worse. Timid... Timidness, hence okay. Yes. Hence his hence fear. his timidness. Sometimes Jeff follows them to the nearest town when they go marketing, but always keeps on the far side of the hedge, though he chats gaily all the time.
2: Hey, that that ass looking fat girl. Oh, no, truly, that looking good,
1: bitch. Damn, keep that coming. Keep for, that coming. For not knowing the topic, you're pretty spot on.
2: That's why I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying this as it comes, <laughs> but I'm trying to like build Jeff in my own head, like what he would be like, like his 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 mannerisms and how he likes to drink his soup.
1: You know, I'm trying uh, to think that way. You know, here's the best way. Um, he is like narcissistic. Oh, um, but clever, clever. Ooh.
2: Yes, yes. Very clever. There you go. I had a joke. It, it, it passed. Oh, Continue. Okay. It, rest in peace. RIP. Well,
1: just thinking about Megan Hall. will come back. <laughs> Mr. Mister... <laughs> you like how I snuck that in there? Yeah. <laughs> you know, she snuck
0: around everywhere. You know, she knows
1: a thing or two about horse cock. She didn't need to sneak, my guy. It was approved. <laughs> Mr. She Irving...
0: She was
1: collecting all the tags. God, damn it.
2: She was the evidence locker. <laughs> oh! she, was, she was calling to duty.
0: I got Adrian! I got him! I could die happy! Yes! Oh Victory gosh. beat... To me. Yeah. <laughs> she was the evidence. Maker. I got.
2: We should make that meme. Adrian, you should make that tomorrow and tag us all in it. You know, like with a little <laughs> meme creator while you guys are bored at the doctor's office.
0: You, you do have to remind me tomorrow. Okay, I'll
2: text you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Mr. Irving invited me to hear the phenomenon for myself and kindly offered me the hospitality of his home during my visit. But I hesitated. In the first place, I was fully occupied with with Rudy Schneider. <laughs> Rudy bet, Schneider I bet you were occupied. The Ford Right
2: lies forward. It will never die. <laughs> that's what I thought. That's yeah,
1: what I thought. I was just thinking Wiener Schnitzel uh, occupied. I was fully whatever. occupied with Rudy Schneider. Yes. Whom I was then investigating in my laboratory. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh wow! I, got, got I kinky. love this
1: guy. Got kinky, real quick. <laughs> Who the
2: fuck is this guy? I love
1: him. He's Megan Hall. Uh. <laughs> Secondly, the story I had heard sounded so preposterous oh. that I simply could not take it seriously. Then I argued to myself that there might be something in it. After all, talking animals are fairly common in print. The pages, A Thousand and One Nights, Aesop's Fables, Sir J. G. Fraser's The Golden Bough, and scores of books on mythology are full of talking beasts, which are human in everything but shape. Today, the Australian natives believe that the wild dog has the power of speech, and the Breton peasants credit all birds with language, which they try to interpret. The bear in Norway is regarded as almost a man, and the Red Indians consult the native bear Kurboru, when they are in distress. And the Lawas converse with serpents. Even in physical research, talking animals are not unknown. Who has not heard of the El- Elberfeld? Elberfeld? Never heard of these. I've never heard of the Elberfeld horses. Muhammad, what? Zaref, Henschance, and Barto. What? Did you just copy-paste from the book, Adrian?
0: Yeah, that's why I said We're quoting from the book.
1: We are quoting from the book. Certainly.
0: Do, do, do you not listen to your own voice?
1: <laughs> he's focusing on his voice more than the content uh, certainly these equine wonders spoke with their hoofs, and not with their mouths but they made themselves understood just the same and poor blind Barto was said to be more intelligent than many who came to gape at him I think that's gawk but we'll, we'll gape we'll gape in this scenario and then there was Rolf Rolf the Minum talking dog <laughs> Black Bear the Briarcliff thinking pony and many others and we uh, and we have all kept talking parrots i came to the conclusion that perhaps a talking mongoose was not so extraordinary and decided to investigate i asked a friend captain x very shrewd and not easily hoodwinked to make some preliminary inquiries on the spot and return to his hotel he left the house accompanied by the farmer. But just as he reached the door, he heard a very shrill voice scream out,
2: Go away! Who is that man? So wait, back it up. Are we up. Back it up. Are we back to the mongoose? Are they, did it someone? Did they bring in an expert yes. to the house? He brought an yes. expert
1: to the house, and Jeff is telling him to go away.
2: Okay, interesting. Interesting choice. And and this said individual, the expert, is Captain X.
1: Captain X, baby. Okay, all right. Name is Cap, Captain Planet. Here you go. Mr. Irving gripped his arm and said, that's it. Then come some more talk. But X could not understand what was said. X decided to remain in the house and return to the other room. When the voice at the once ceased, he stayed for another 15 minutes and then returned to his hotel.
2: All right. This is getting suspicious here. Yeah. Jeff has, uh,
1: he, he's selective. He's, Jeff is a racist. See, selective hearing. Yeah. The next day, X was at the. Fu- well, how could he be racist against X? That's the most gender-neutral shit I've ever yeah, heard. Yeah, but in my what life. Did
2: this? G- we don't know what this guy looks like. But why? Why was Jeff so apprehensive? To him? Hey,
1: don't just assume. Yep. That's I, offensive. I'm just she- speculating. That's offensive. It's offensive. It's offensive.
0: Chase, you, you have to update listeners and Hunter. Uh, what? Jeff mainly only stuck with talking to the family yeah. throughout this whole uh, process. Oh, I... there was sometimes he would talk to people that would show up, but he wouldn't show himself. He was more more open to doing things with the family.
1: Isn't that convenient? Yeah, and that's why there's a lot of skepticism that right. maybe Valerie was just a ventriloquist.
2: It's always a goddamn ventriloquist. Always. Poltergeist, talking yeah. mongooses. The fucking false of crippling cords. depression. Always a fucking <laughs> No, no, that,
0: that's a whole different reason. <laughs> I, I could
1: physically see that. <laughs> the next day, X was at the farm early and was greeted with the news that Jeff had been talking a lot since the previous night and had promised to speak to him if he sat in a certain spot. Incidentally, Jeff informed the farmer that he had taken a sly glance at X and did not like him. So, X was told that he would have to shout out, I do believe in you, Jeff, if he wanted to hear the mongoose. X did this and patiently waited all day for the shrill voice. While they were having tea, Jeff threw a packing case needle into the room and it hit the teapot. X was told that Jeff was always throwing things about. That uh, proves it. Yes. He's well, a mischievous little monkey. Okay,
2: I'm the I'm the skeptic here. Uh, it's funny that that Jeff had to put him in a specific spot, Mr. X, and then you would be able to hear him, thus adding more to the brittle walls theory. We'll call yes. it the brittle walls theory of Man Island.
1: Uh the UK. That's the UK. that is where this story is more on the uh, the owner of the property versus the other stories that I've read that have been more on the the daughter of the farmer. For sure. Stories. And that shows a different, that goes more into the Mancy that we talked about in the previous well, episode. I, where if you want to take it from the paranormal side, she created Jeff, or at least she brought Jeff to her from India. Uh, or you could take it from the ventriloquist side. Right. but there's still reasonings behind everything and that there is really no physical evidence or proof. Yeah. We'll get more into it later. I'm with it. I'm with it. We'll get we'll get more later. At 7:45, there was a shrill scream from above stairs. And X could hear Jeff talking to Mrs. Irving and Valerie. X shouted up the stairs, "Won't you come down? I believe in you." Jeff replied, "No, I don't mean to stay long as I don't like you." As the mongoose was still talking, X quietly approached the stairs and began to creep up to the bedroom. But, unfortunately, the top stair had a loose tread, which X stepped on and slithered down the staircase, making a terrible noise. Jeff shrieked out, he is coming, and vanished. Nothing more ah. happened, and X returned to London. <clears throat> Shocker. Shocker. Shocker, there Shocker. was the one fucking wood, just like fucking Lumber Baron in. Yep. God damn.
2: Sons of bitches.
1: No comment, Adrian?
2: No. Kind of waiting huh.
1: for it. Okay. Huh. <laughs> Moving on. Fuck me then. The most extraordinary <laughs> part of this amazing case is that Mr. Irving was kept a sort of diary. In the form of letters. Okay. Of Jeff's doing, and it rivals the Arabian Nights in the fantastic improbabilities which the record contains. Before me are 200 quarto-type sheets, and every page describes a miracle. I will mention some of those most interesting incidents. Wow. God, I'm so hooked. <sighs> In June 1932, Jeff told a farmer that he had been chased in India by natives and frequently shot at. In the same month, Jeff became tamer and allowed the farmer's wife and daughter to stroke him and feel his teeth. God damn it, I knew it. I sensed
2: it. I sensed the horniness. Who
1: can resist Jeff? No one. It's fucking Jeff with a G, baby. While he was on a beam... That's when they touched him and stroked oh, him. Just, oh, and his teeth. Yeah, and his teeth. teeth. Yeah. They fed him on bacon, sausages, bananas, chocolates, et cetera, which I have read that he liked bananas and chocolates the most. Huh. Go figure. But he would not. Guy. You know, that the one thing that they couldn't really get. <laughs> what? <laughs> what is that? Jason? Bananas and chocolates and shit? It was a very poor family and a very poor family.
2: Oh, you're saying that this would have been a luxury? Yeah, it was a
1: very luxurious item. But he would not touch milk and water. Then he became he became then he began killing rabbits for the family. He strangled them and thoughtfully left them outside in a convenient position with their legs in the air. Why is that convenient? Uh well I don't know why that's convenient, but I can say from the story that I read, Yes. He actually started killing rabbits because Valerie was having conversations with Jeff and yeah. basically like Jeff helped Valerie out at a situation at school, which built a companionship between her and Jeff. So basically she said, okay, if we're going to be friends and you're going to live here, you have to be careful of these things. And here's the most important, traps, because he's so afraid of traps. One of them is uh, snare traps. One of them was the rat traps. One of them was getting shot at. And I can't remember what the other one was, but the big one, speaking of rabbits, was the snare trap. So she said basically throughout the property, they had all these snares for rabbits that helped supplement their food. Right. And he, if he happened to get stuck in one, that not to struggle, because the more you struggle, the tighter the noose goes. So after he found out about the noose and the snares for the rabbits, he started killing the rabbits for the family because the snares had been empty for years. Okay. Filling okay. you in. Okay. okay. Getting you little bits and pieces here. And wow. There. Yes. You 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 have thought this out. I didn't think it out. Oh. I read it out. No, I mean you've really
2: you've really invested some time into this, my dude. I, you you. I told you, Chase
0: loves this. Would I
2: would I dare say you are a fan of Jeff? The I am talking a fan of mongoose. Jeff the
1: Talking Mongoose, Yes. <laughs> Damn. I I'm so. Who honored. wouldn't like Jeff the Talking Mongoose? I would just love to talk shit with him. He all sounds like a great guy. I Can't right? wait to learn more. I know. Just just wait. also just wait um, till we get uh, to the memorable Jeff quotes. Okay. Okay. <laughs>
0: Another thing is uh, the whole family was extremely alone on on their island. Right. Right. So, well,
1: in general, I mean, it's, it's a small island. This is the island, if you're not aware of it, where they do all those crazy-ass um, sports bike races. Oh. Where they do all the fucking Ducatis and, you know, whatever the fuck they are, and they're flying around on this island. There's in the book that I was reading, there was like literally four families on this island. Her school was like a class of eight. Wow. Yeah. Wow.
0: Yes. So the kids were very lonely. Yes.
1: Got it. Got the context. So during the next year or so, he slaughtered scores of rabbits, and the faunal equilibrium of the district was in danger of being upset. Then he commenced speaking a language supposed to be Russian. (laughs) Nepani amato a was one sentence, which was recorded phonematically. In August, he sang two verses of a Spanish song and recited four lines of a Welsh poem. Then he spoke Arabic and revealed the fact that he could understand the deaf and dumb. All
2: alphabet. snack bar.
1: All a snack bar. Was that Jeff? The poem? Boom. What, Jeff? Oh God. Jeff. <laughs> Jeff, come home. His name is not Jeff no more. Come home. <laughs> In 1934, Jeff began making little trips to the nearest town and on his return told the farmer what certain people had been doing. He was he was the gossiper. He the spi- tea. He was the hot goss of the town, let me tell you. <laughs> this was proved to be correct. Then he became clairvoyant and told Ooh. the farmer what was happening 10 miles away oh without even leaving the goddamn farm. Wow. This is a special mongoose. Special. Sometimes he was seen out of doors. Questioned as to whether he was a spirit, Jeff said, I am an earthbound spirit.
2: Okay. that doesn't tell you much, but it tells you enough. Well, he's from India. Tells you he's a, he's a spicy
1: devil.
0: Huh? He's from earthbound.
1: He's earthbound, he's yes. So people have, people have claimed Jeff is a spirit, a poltergeist, a tulpa, a trochist act, a demon, thought form. A, mongoose? a mongoose? Most imp- mongoose. Most importantly, Jeff with a G is <laughs> most important. Most importantly,
2: yeah, you never would think this guy's just a mongoose, exactly. Who happened to learn the the speech and inner workings of our society.
1: And the one thing I read, I don't know the truth, I don't know the full validity of this, but what I did read, yeah, this again is from the book. Literally, the title is "My Name Is Jeff." I'm not fucking with you. The book's name. He wrote up. books. Uh, my name Pe- is Jeff.
2: People spent legit time. They they based they money they are like this is a money choice for me they did I'm gonna write about Jeff,
1: theoretically, they my ma- mongoose mongooses monkeys I don't know mongoose pearls mongoose <laughs> monkeys <laughs> they are not <laughs> native to the Isle of Man oh so they were actually Strange. brought theoretically they're brought across from outside where India is where it said it was but who fucking knows right and they were there. To help kill all the rodents on the island because they had a massive infestation, and because of the climate, not a lot of them survived. But very few did, so you could potentially see a mongoose. That adds a little bit to the validity. Of it. All right, all right. I like, I like it. Keep
2: building
0: yeah. the story.
1: Sorry to cut you off, Adrian. What? This is so difficult with you being on a fucking phone. It is.
0: I'm sorry. You just got to deal with it.
1: I I'm dealing.
2: That's why you're here. Adrian. I'm wheeling
1: and dealing these fucking cards, and I ain't winning.
2: But all on black, Adrian. Yep.
0: Uh, don't get me tempted. <laughs> Same. In June
1: 1934, the farmer asked Jeff if X could visit him again. Yes, was the reply, but not Price. Price? He's got his downing cap on. Who's Price? Hen- Harry Price, the one who's uh, writing sure, the fucking right? book. That's who we're <laughs> quoting right now. Oh, fuck, man. <laughs> well, how did he get this information? <laughs> Probably from Here's Jeff. An
0: investigator there. Yes. <laughs> And mind you, not this dude has investigated some weird ass fucking
1: cases. He actually does have a pretty big d- name, <laughs> he, he has a pretty big title to his name. Okay, yeah, okay, uh, no joke. There's about three actually. In fact, uh, oh, okay, I want let, to hear. Let's see, it's um, Harry Price, uh, Harroward Carrington, and Nandor Fedor. Huh. They were some of the biggest investigators on this case. Okay, all right, I'm in on it. Yes. In July, he began doing little tricks for the farmer's friends. A person would go outside on the porch and place some pennies on a stone. Jeff, with his eye to a squint hole, would then say whether they were heads or tails. Sometimes he was right. Well, no shit. It's a 50-50 <laughs> chance, you dumb fuck. It says
2: sometimes yes, he was right. sometimes he was right. I like how it was so specific to say he put his eye to a squint hole. Like, someone's been writing fervently in a novel, in a book, saying, Goddamn, Jeff just put his eye to a fucking tiny <laughs> hole, and now he's predicting goddamn future. I see a black, beady eye in a hole. Oh, this must be Jeff. I have to record every moment. Oh, God, Dad is touching bomb again oh
1: <laughs> the, the voice recorder went too me
0: far again. Dad's Dad's me.
1: <laughs> Jeff quit stroking Jeff! me Uh, again and not to go off topic again but in the story I did read the the main like I don't know introduction of Jeff to like the public on this island was yeah. that incident that happened with uh, Valerie it was actually at class and there was like some mean girls picking on her and so he yells out in her voice like stop it well, she gets in trouble by the teacher. The teacher goes to punish her, and then he jumps out of a fucking drawer randomly. Like he just magically appears. He comes. He goes from her bag to this dude's drawer. Oh. Magically appears and bites his finger off.
2: And then, of course, they blame her.
1: Uh, no. Everybody was it? like, "What the fuck happened?" They freaked. According to story, the story, everybody freaked out in the class. The teacher ran off because his hand was covered in blood. No one knew what the fuck happened. And she wasn't covered. In and blood. Valerie was just like, "What just fucking happened?" Wow. Jeff went from my bag to a fucking drawer that bit my teacher, and now I'm here.
2: <laughs> so there was an intimate relationship between Jeff and in this V-bish. Yes. B-ish. yes. Okay. In October
1: 1934, another reference was made to me. Again, Henry, not me. Not me, Chase, personally, I wish. Jeff said he liked X, but not Harry Price. He's the man who puts the kibosh on the spirits. Oh. In December 1931, he became so violent in his speech and in his threats towards Valerie that the girl's bed was moved into her parents' room. He became friendly again, and in May 1932, Valerie returned to her own room. That's actually not what I heard. The story I heard on that is that she, uh, they had to move the girl's bed to the parents' room, and when they did that, he got violently angry. Oh. He was saying like, "I will fucking find, like, I will be with Valerie. She is mine. We are together." Move her back in. I will not stop this uh, fucking tirade of threats on you until she's moved back.
2: So there really was a special relationship there. Yes. So yeah.
1: that, that's interesting that it came from Harry Price because the other stories I heard is completely opposite. Intriguing. Intriguing.
0: Two different accounts, you know what I mean? Exactly.
1: In March, that goes back to the fanaticism about this. I love it. So many fucking perspectives. So many. In March 1935, X received some fur and hairs which Jeff had kindly plucked from his back and tail. Having removed the hair, Jeff deposited it in an ornament on the mantelpiece and told the farmer where to find it. With all these encounters, one can only understand that Jeff always wanted his entertainment provided, and whenever Jeff was bored or tired of singing himself, he would yell at the nearest family member to put the bloody grumphon on! Our accents get worse. Gramophone. It? Let me let me repronounce that. The, put the bloody gramophone on. Dude, this guy speaks all sorts of language. Don't even get.
2: You're right. I, you're I, right. You're right. He's Indian. You you said put, that wrong.
0: Put the bloody gramophone on. <laughs> Chase, what do you think Jeff actually sounds Thank like? Thank you. Please come again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh what do I think Jeff actually sounds like? I honestly <laughs> I honestly think he sounds like um Daryl <laughs> from your, your Pretty Face Going to Hell. Oh. Not the real Satan, but Not Gary's real...
2: Satan.
1: <laughs> What's that guy's name? I need to know his fucking name now. Darryl, isn't it? Da- no, the guy the actual act actor's oh, name. Oh, I don't know his name. Daryl. Your pretty face. <laughs> Matt Servito. That's his fucking name. So if you guys ever see anything with Matt Servito, because he's in a lot of shit. That's what I imagine Jeff the talking monger would yeah. sound like. Yeah. Uh, okay, so with all uh put the gramophone on is what he said. Along with making demands from the family, Jeff had a variety of phrases that he enjoyed shouting at random when he was bored. With his favorites consisting of, I'm a freak, nuts, and put a sock in it. <laughs> put a sock in it. Memorable quotes from Jeff. As word of this supposed creature spread around town, the Irvings were soon visited by all manner of paranormal investigators and researchers. Sign me up, man. Put me on that list, world. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when weird shit like this happens in the modern day,
2: I want to go be one of those. You know, they always every time we do one of these damn stories, there's a there's a gaggle of folks. Yes, that come around the world. They're like, I have an unlimited budget and I'm here to investigate, I just,
1: dude. I just want to fucking know, like, yeah, where's your money come from? What the fuck do you do? How did you do this? If you're not Zach Goddamn Baggins, how did you do this? Yeah, it's ridiculous, man. Uh, again, back to one of the episodes we were just listening to <laughs> our, our podcast. Okay. there's literally some dude in um. God, where the fuck is it? Probably the UK. No, no, it's <laughs> in the US, man. He uh he literally is dedicated. To, it's Pennsylvania. There's oh, cool. a dude in Pennsylvania who he's an engineer, has a full-time job. Yeah, yeah. And his part-time job, he runs a 24-7 phone line for anyone calling in about paranormal or alien like UFO sightings. <laughs> and the biggest one is Bigfoot. Can we call it? We you can call it right now.
2: We can just say like I've seen some I've seen yeah, some shit, man.
1: This guy is like legit. He does it to this day. Don't fuck with him. Okay, it
2: intimidates <laughs> I'm
1: me. Gonna, I'm intimidated. I'm not. I'm not going to prank call this man. If yeah. I do see Bigfoot, I'm calling him. Okay.
2: What <laughs> should we call him about our ghosts that we saw at the lumber baron Inn? No, Bigfoot only Bigfoot. or aliens. Okay. okay, deal.
1: While many of the townsfolk either grew passive about the phenomena or simply did not care. These investigators spent large amounts of time trying to decipher what Jeff actually was. Some paranormal researchers theorize that Jeff is an example. Some paranormal researchers theorize that Jeff is an example of a topa, a type of entity brought to manifestation in the physical world by a large amount of thought and dedication. Other researchers simply believed Jeff to be a spirit or extraplanar entity that had taken residence in Irving's house. As the Isle of Man was no stranger to folklore of fairies and fey folk, this concept was more widely thought of as plausible by the island's residents. Now, of course, whenever visitors came around, Jeff was quick to retreat to his hiding place in the wall. Only two or three other islanders had ever heard Jeff's voice. And he very rarely interacted with the investigators, aside from reportedly throwing rocks at their heads. <laughs>
0: what, a, what a dope thing to do!
2: <laughs> that would be. It's like it's like from the Enfield poltergeist, the fucking marbles and weird shit that happened. I just you know, it's classy. How, how if I was ever to haunt someone, I'm throwing rocks. Throwing rocks, my dude. I,
1: I literally just watched the South Park episode where. They were supposed to do the sledding race and Cartman threw the rock at Tolkien and it's right when all the race race crimes came about and he goes to fucking jail. (laughs) Uh, Jeff is now Cartman.
2: Jeff, Jeff. (laughs) You would be a Cartman, Jeff. You would be a bastard.
1: The only physical evidence seemingly left behind by Jeff were a few paw prints and fur which was written off as belonging to the family dog by British zoologist Reginald Pokik who stated, most certainly, none of them, tracks was made by a mongoose. It's a very special mongoose here, okay? This uh, is not normal. If you look at the actual yeah. photos of these, yeah, yeah. these Hold plasters, on. Yeah. they're trash. They are so faked. Yeah, come on now. They are so faked. There's one, it's literally a paw print of perfect oh, circles. I can see it. <laughs> and okay. then the one next to it looks like a badger. <laughs> it looks like a little kid put their thumb. Yes. And it was like,
2: look, my Ma, I made a fucking
1: animal footprint and, and i don't i am dead convinced that fucking harry price did this just I to think spice he, things up i think he just went out there and made shit up and just fucking i'm gonna make millions I, there's no proof or facts on this real <laughs> bitch <laughs> you want to make some real fucking money there's put your goddamn, hand in the clay there's a goddamn mongoose roaming around let's put paw prints in there it's like the bigfoot plasters man yeah. <laughs> oh god I, again, I have no proof of this, but I am pretty goddamn convinced <laughs> that this motherfucker was just like, "Let's put some paw prints in the sand, man. Let's plastic, plaster, plasticize this shit, man." Yeah, It's the 1930s, man.
2: Fucking shit sucks, dude. Uh, let's 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 spice it up a little bit. Yes, we're all so brittle. Where's our
1: where's our porridge? We're so brittle. We need more porridge. Goddamn, the porridge is too hot. <laughs> <laughs> with a lack of physical evidence and a hesitancy by Jeff to interact with the paranormal investigators folks were left wondering if Jeff ever truly existed at all. Same. <laughs> Still my guy. <laughs> Still. Yeah. In 1935, historian Richard Lambert and paranormal detective Harry Price visited the Irving household. Upon investigation, the two noted that the interior of the farmhouse walls were abnormally hollow, theoretically allowing any noise made within the walls to be carried to any other point in the house through the wall as one large sounding board. Right, Like I mentioned earlier. Other detractors stated that Jeff was simply an impressive ventriloquist act by Valerie Irving, who had learned to throw her voice and fool other people, a point that was vehemently denied by Valerie.
2: I would say that's the least least likely situation that actually occurred. I think the hollow walls are a little bit more believable. Shit, at this point, a, a talking mongoose in 2023 isn't that wild to think of. You know, so, I don't know
1: the picture of the house. The house seems pretty big. I mean, I don't. Yep. There's no pictures of the inside, but the outside looks pretty big.
2: I feel like you would be smart enough to know the difference between an echo and, and where it resonates from in certain ways. But I don't know, man. This is this is the Brits we're talking about. But
1: to give credit, the the <laughs> voice of Jeff is claimed to be two octaves higher than a normal voice. So if you're trying to be a ventriloquist, you're like, "Hello, my name is Jeff." <laughs> you know, I I could I could see that. You're right. You're right. You're right. After James, James Irving's passing in 1945, Valerie and Margaret sold the house and moved away. A year later, it was reported that the house's new owner... owner Before I get into this, actually, what uh-huh. I did read about this was that James Irving did pass away because he was actually very old. Uh-huh. Margaret was pretty old as well. So they claimed that Valerie was like a miracle baby. Yeah. And when they did go to sell the house, they took a massive loss because everybody believed the house to be haunted. So makes sense. Just remind remember that. remember that. A year later it was reported that the house's new owner had shot and killed Jeff, displaying the stuffed corpse at the homestead. Damn. Valerie, though, denied that the body did not belong to Jeff, stating that he had moved on to another place as well after the family left. The one reason for that is that they do describe Jeff with having like sand colored fur.
2: Okay.
1: And the one that is killed and stuffed at the homestead is black and white like a skunk. Okay. There's a raccoon. Could be. There's a British raccoon. Could be. Unfortunately, as the last member of the family to be acquainted with Jeff, Valerie passed away in 2005. Rest in peace. Rip. The current status and whereabouts of the infamous talking moncoose is left up to conjecture. Valerie did do an interview before her passing. And to this, well... To that day, (laughs) not this day, but to that day, uh, she claimed that Jeff was a real thing. Okay. It was a, a friend of theirs, and she will not sway any other way. All right. While Jeff may or may not have existed at all, his tale was certainly cemented in British paranormal groups as being one of the most bizarre cases in the past century. Perhaps Jeff is still out there taunting scientists and paranormalists alike with knowledge that now only he is privy to. After all, one of the only reported sentences of him speaking to an investigator was, if you knew what I knew, you'd know a hell of a lot. (laughs) So mysterious. What a bad boy. Think about it, though. This (laughs) motherfucker is almost 200 years old. (laughs)
2: Almost. Almost. I just, Almost. Want, I just want to go through some of his other quotes, man, because they're fucking cash money.
0: <laughs> just lay them on me <laughs> thick, boy. For
2: this? Butter me up, Biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> fucking put me in the oven and, and, and serve me up down south, baby. Oh, my God. Down south,
1: the, <laughs> baby. The quotable Jeff, baby. <laughs> Jeffmongoose.blogspot.com if you are ever interested about this. Let's get into the quotable Jeff. I am an earthbound spirit. I am not a spirit. I'm a little extra, extra clever mongoose.
2: If wait, wait. I, I'm a spirit. I'm earthbound. Wait, wait, I'm not. I'm not actually a spirit. I'm just, I'm just a really clever mongoose. Chase me! It's like it's like that South Park episode with the hero heroine
1: dragon. Chase me! Oh god. Chase me! If I were a spirit, I could not kill rabbits. Oh my god! I love it already. Already, I love it. I am a ghost in the form of a weasel and I shall haunt you with weird noises and clanking chains. Ha ha ha! I know who I am, but I shan't tell you. I am a freak! I have hands, and I have feet, and if you saw me, you'd faint. You'd be petrified, mummified, turned into stone or a pillar of salt. I'll split the atom! I am the fifth dimension. I am the eighth wonder of the world. Oh, my God. He sounds
2: so humble at some points, <laughs> and then he, he drops that fucking line. That
1: is what I'm saying, man. Wow. I was born near Dali, India, on June seventh, 1852. So I was a couple years off. I have been shot at by Indians. I am a marsh mongoose. <laughs> He's, like, proud of his heritage, dude. Super proud. Know where I came from. I'm Marsh. I'm a Martian. Here's the best one. I am not evil. I could be if I wanted. You don't know what damage or harm I could do if I were roused. I could kill you all, but I won't. <laughs> Lesson learned. Don't stroke. <laughs> don't stroke Jeff. Uh, if. I guess, I guess. Uh, sorry, Adrian. What? I said, yeah. Jeff. <laughs> it's mini Apparently this quote was after being asked where he would go when he died. To hell. To the land of mist. Whoa. Yes. I was brought to England from Egypt by a man named Holland. When I was in India, I lived with a tall man who wore a green turban on his head. Then I lived with a deformed man, a hunchback.
2: Hmm. Very specific. Maybe you could trace that.
1: You could be. You could be. Could be. Uh, let's just do a couple more. I guess this is uh, Jeff on the life with the Irvings. If you are kind to me, I will bring you good luck. If you are not kind, I shall kill all your poultry. I can get away I can get them whenever you put them. <laughs> I can get them wherever you put them. That's Darn chickens. Better. I have been to nicer homes than this. <laughs> Carpets, pianos, satin covers on polished tables. I'm going back there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, fucking mongoose. In the same breath, this is my home. It suits me. <laughs>
0: He's he's got
1: some weird bipolar issues. Uh, We'll finish on this one. I have three attractions. I follow Valerie. Ma'am gives me food. And Jim answers my questions. Wow. That actually says a lot about Jeff. That's very specific, actually. Going into all the stories, uh, Valerie and Jeff are best friends. Um, Margaret is the one who feeds him and houses him. And Jim is always the one that he converses with in the middle of the night. And all the stories that I've read.
2: Well, this is a hell of an episode.
1: What do you think? What (sighs) do you think of Jeff the talking mongoose? I'm surprised there's not a religion out there that worships Jeff as the the deity. I bet if you looked hard enough, just literally type in Jeff the talking mongoose and see the first five results. You'll be shocked.
0: Oh, people love Jeff the talking mongoose. I hope he comes back. I kind of wish Ed and Lorraine (laughs) Warren were there.
2: (laughs) So they can give us their two cents. Twenty eight days yeah, was, haunted. God, I was just about to say. <laughs> just, just
0: so we could have gotten a movie about it.
2: Yeah. Oh, you're right. They would never make a movie. You know, if we own if we own a studio someday, we're gonna make Jeff, Jeff movie. movies.
1: Yeah. Deal. All right. So, what do you honestly? What do you think about Jeff? What, do you think he's real? Do you think he's spirit? Tolpa? Poltergeist? You think it's fake? Do You think he's just a little rascally mongoose?
2: It's just a little. It's a little too. It's a little too too far fetched for me to think he's real. I think he's awesome. Do you, like um, think, do you think he's even like a mongoose? Or do you think it's just completely made up? I think they had a squirrel in their, their, their attic that just drove them crazy. And they just were hearing each other. Like Adrian was saying, a very small island. They're just, you know. Just there, lack of food. And lack of sunlight. Lack of
1: socialization. And joy.
2: Just... Lack of purpose. Lack of anything. Truly. Wow. Um, I mean,
1: I can see your eyes. And it just like you have deep concern in your
2: eyes right now. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But he's fucking cool. It's the quotes that throw me off. You know, he's just so up and down. How do you believe it?
1: Well, that's that's the whole point. It, it's he's he's just hearsay. He yeah. has no purpose. He could be this or that. Uh, uh, he's just a, he's a imaginary figure. And that's the crazy thing, because the Topa thing could be real. So
2: maybe he like comes and goes, and he's only real with that family because they mon- manifested it. But if everybody's manifesting it, because he's some pop culture fucking phenomenon, then he should come back, right?
1: Well. I want to hear what Adrian has to say first, because I have a theory on this. All right. Because right. it, it, this is the part that really trips me up on the whole thing. But Adrian, what do you think?
0: If there is ever a thing we ever talk about in this podcast that I want to be 100% real, it's this. <laughs> I want Jeff the talking mongoose to come chill with me the rest of my life, and we could drink some some Jack and Cokes. Some tweez. We could talk. Some tweez. <laughs> <laughs> so, some twitty-tweez, and uh, we could talk at midnight and have conversations, and he could live in my walls. They're not as brittle as the UK, but...
1: <laughs> I, I will fuck do. I will give that dude as much chocolate and bananas as he, as he as he wants, if he wants to come have a conversation with us. I think I'd have to agree. Yeah. i have to agree with you guys. So, the thing that trips me up about this whole thing is the fact that he there's so many claims of him originating from India, from some dude in Dali. If that is the case, what that says is that there is a man or there was a man in 1852 or around the time that decided to come up with an imaginary fucking friend named Jeff, and he was a goddamn mongoose. Which yeah. are mongoose are are they part of India? Are they native to India? Let's
2: see. Great question.
1: Because they're based off of everything that I've read to actually create a tulpa. This dude would have had to spend so much time and so many years working on this Jeff character, in air quotes, to make it sentient enough to be its own physical being, to make it a Tolpa, a true Tolpa, and then to have that being taken away from him and moved to a different area and family. Yeah. Because, again, the whole... Thought of a tulpa is that it is still a piece of you. It is still linked to that person. Right. So theoretically, if that person dies, Jeff dies with him. That's
2: what you would think. And it's interesting too with little kids how they make imaginary friends too. It's it's hard. It's not too far fetched. This this is not that. well, it's not like he's raising the dead or anything, he was just being a little mischievous and mm-hmm. having good conversation. And what's even more interesting is uh, mongooses are primarily in Africa. So uh, I, I can't see anything on India. They they're in some species are occupy southern Asia and. The
1: Iberian peninsula, peninsula, Iberian. I mean, I could see... That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I could see it maybe being transposed to India at some point. Oh, I'm
2: sure that, you know, they're everywhere, but... Yeah. Oh, here's this. The mongooses found in Hawaii are native to India. So maybe they, India was just in the, the business of exporting mongooses. Could be. In the 1852, and then thus became... Jeff. My name is Jeff. <laughs> Jeff. Well, yeah, what do you think, Chase? What's your is that your final conclusion? Is that's that my final, final
1: my final conclusion. I think that um as much as I love the story, as much as I love the idea of a talking mongoose that's just a mischievous little rat. Yeah. Uh if you truly follow what a tolpa is and how to create a tolpa, if you think about the time period, let's just say this dude was fucking 10 yeah. in, in 1852. Let's say he was fucking 30, it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. The time between what he claims to be born in in India and then the time that he sh- appears himself in uh the Irving House is almost eighty years. And back then people didn't really live to be eighty years old. But like <laughs> that was impressive. Yeah. So I just don't I don't see it. I don't I don't see it. it. I don't know. A cool I, fucking story. If anything, I think I could see it as being a mischievous spirit that took the form of a mongoose. Yeah, that's fair.
0: It'd be fucking dope. Yeah, or a mongoose took it. Deal with the devil? Yeah.
2: Became personified.
1: Fucking amazing. I mean, if he is so many different things, then what you could conclude on Jeff is that Jeff is still a real living thing, but he's in a different form somewhere else. Yeah.
2: Uh some he species
0: black eyed kids. Oh. oh
2: What if the aliens took him? They're like, what the uh, fuck is this? We need this. This is this this, this being enter beams high energy. We must harvest.
1: Some species of mongoose. This
0: is is the coolest thing we've seen from Earth. Might as well take this one. Yeah, right? right.
1: Nothing else. (laughs) We've already dissected so many buttholes, but we haven't seen the talking mongoose butthole yet.
0: Do you know some species
2: species of mongooses can be easily domesticated?
1: Really? Maybe he's just a big old Jeff pet. Jeff the pet. Pet pet the Jeff. How long do mongoose live? (laughs) Look it up. I'm curious now. This is gonna throw everything out of the water if it's like ten years. Oh,
2: right, because yeah, right, right. Because then the Indian thing would be out the window.
1: They live ten years.
2: Oh, <laughs> called it in the wild. In the wild, up S- to seventeen in human care. So not much of a difference.
1: No, not not enough to tell me for a, a fact. A dog. Yeah. Basically a dog. Not not enough to say for a fact that he was able to move from house to house and end up in the Irving's house.
2: Oh, let's see this. People also ask, What are three facts about mongooses? Let's hear it. <laughs> let's hear the three facts about mongooses. Uh they're terrestrial and semi aquatic. They can swim really well. Uh they're nocturnal. Which would explain the mischief at night. Yeah. And uh it just described what a mongoose looks like. Huh. Long body. You know Charlize.
1: what? To be fair, based off the stories, Valerie hit it fucking on the spot. Yeah. She missed the horse cock, but pretty much <laughs> hit it on the spot. Or did she miss the horse cock? Oh,
0: no, she did hit the spot. Or maybe he hit her. Oh, <laughs> well, this is
1: getting cut. So thank you guys for yeah. listening to our Jeff the Mongoose <laughs> episode. Uh, I hope you guys liked as much as we did. And let us know how you feel if you've heard the story. Do you think he's a tulpa that just exists in this plane of, of Earth? Uh, or do you think it's just a load of shit? We would love to hear from you. And Adrian, since there's no social cues, here's your social cue.
2: Give it to us, Adrian. All the horses.
0: oh that's the bar. Well, here's my social cue. How about you guys go give us a nice little email about what you think Jeff the talking mongoose is at stuck in this purgatory at gmail.com and if you wanna go give us a couple likes on our Instagram page our tag is at stuck in this purgatory on that nice little profile page Chase has set up a nice little link tree click on that link tree and you will notice all the links that we have you can check out our Patreon Twitter TikTok and anything else that's on there <laughs>
1: Smooth. Smooth, XX. Smooth.
0: If you. Uh, Chase's foot finder.
1: <laughs> oh, yes. Just wait for that. Only nuts. Uh, look for only nuts as well. If you guys find yourself. God is just crying on your city. Flooding it out, right? <laughs> just remember. I don't want that shit. Keep it there. Yeah. Fuck you guys. He doesn't want anymore. Yeah, you get out of here. So thank Stay you for listening. Me.
2: <laughs> you get away. You get away, evil demon. Well, he's stuck in this purgatory. We're all stuck in this purgatory. Thanks for listening. Love you, and goodbye.